Looking for exciting video content live and on demand? Visit www.voiceamerica.tv for exclusive content you just can't find anywhere else. That's voiceamerica.tv. Tune in now. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Help! I need somebody. Help! Not just anybody. Help! You know I need someone. Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. Family caregivers don't have to be alone in their experiences. You will hear from experts and other caregivers facing the same issues that you may be facing. Now, here is your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Welcome to Episode 126 of Family Caregivers Unite. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, your host. I should explain that since retiring from medical practice, I've become an activist for family caregiving. Our topic today is keeping memories, restoring memories. You know, family memories matter in families. They matter because the family memories are part of the family heritage. They matter because following generations want to understand who they are, where they came from, and what their family stories are. There's another thing, too. You know, as we age, our ability to remember things sometimes declines. And for some people, brain conditions like Alzheimer's disease damage the ability to remember. But sometimes people with memory problems can be helped to to remember by being reminded of memories. So for these and many, many other reasons, how memories are kept and how they're restored seems to be an increasingly important part of family caregiving. Now, to talk about keeping memories, restoring memories, my guest is Arthur Kupperman. Arthur's been an entrepreneur for more than 30 years after deciding to leave the field of public accounting. His most recent venture, My Web Portal Inc., was started in July 2009 with the idea of building niche market web portals to allow marketers to focus on specific demographics as well as provide viewers with an easy way to use the Internet for areas of interest to them. His first niche market portal was designed for the 55-plus demographic, and the beta, that is the... Um, initial first web portal was released mid-February 2010. The portal's grown on a consistent basis ever since, and therefore the concept is validated. And his next niche market portal will be designed, developed, and released before the end of 2012. So, welcome to the show, Arthur. Thank you very much, Gordon. I really appreciate the opportunity to chat with you and your audience for a little while to let them know a little bit more not only about my senior portal but how I believe the importance of family trees and family histories are something that really desire should be a an area of focus great 
Yeah, absolutely. So first question for you is please tell us a bit more about your background and your career. And also, do you have personal experience of family caregiving? As you mentioned, I started off when I graduated college working as an accountant and proceeded with accounting for quite a number of years and enjoyed it. However, I was a little disappointed that it was less creative than I would have liked. And I went on to get involved in a number of different industries, both as a, an employee and eventually as owners of a varied number of businesses. In 2009, I had to close the business that I was running in the import-export industry and decided that there was something that looked like it was a great opportunity. Uh, I am fortunate that my parents are still alive and while my father succeeded in forwarding emails, it was clear that he had difficulty in really using the internet. And it was clear to me that if he had problems using the internet and benefiting from it, there were a lot more people who never grew up with computers, let alone the Internet, who could benefit if there was easy ways for them to use it. And that was the real genesis for creating the concept of My Senior Portal, creating an opportunity for seniors, which we'll define as the 55-plus, to utilize the Internet to organize their life, to enrich their life, to educate themselves, and also to benefit in other intrinsic ways so that they could challenge their mind and use their mind. The internet is a wonderful tool, yet it is rather complex. So someone who's trying to figure out how to use Google, for example, may look for a pizza parlor, and when they put pizza parlor into Google, they get a couple hundred million results and don't know where to go from there. So as good as Google is, it does have some challenges built in until you really get to know how to use it. And that's why we felt as though there was an opportunity to create something where users would be able to try and be organized in how they could use the Internet and search the Internet. Right. We decided that not only would we create this ease of use, but we would also try and engage them in activities that they could utilize on an ongoing basis to enrich their lives, pass on information that other generations, future generations may want to benefit from, as well as get exposed to other areas such as health and finance that could carry on in an organized way for their lives. And that's how we got started. I want to know a little bit more about your work with Senior Portal. That is what you exactly do. I think you've made very clear, and it's, it's very, I think, important, that the objectives you've set for yourselves. But just tell us a bit about what you do with my senior portal. Sure. For right now, I am the chief technology officer, the chief garbage officer, the chief creative officer, let alone everything else. It is a startup business. We started up, as you said, in mid-2009 and initially launched in 2010. And it was really the vision that I had, and as a result of the vision, I have really taken the role of being the creative person for all of the different attributes of it. There's a lot of public information that exists. It's a matter of going out and finding it. So I focus on different areas at a time, whether they be learning about health issues, learning about finance, learning, learning about caregiving and caregivers, housing communities that are there for seniors, 
with the idea of accumulating the information and presenting it in a way that would be easy to understand and easy to follow, not only for the users, but also for the families of the users, users meaning the 55 plus population. Because we know that seniors themselves may have difficulty, but in many times, many cases, there are family members who are caregivers, and they need to know how to get the resources and information that really would be important for them and their elders to understand so that they can better their lives and get the appropriate care that they need. That is part of what I do. And the other piece of what I do is continuously challenge myself to figure out what more can be done using the internet and specifically our web portal to make the lives of the users easier. So right. we've created areas like a personal calendar and a personal contact book so that everything is, a, is done in an organized way. And there's one resource or one place to go which basically organizes the life or makes it easy for the life to be organized, not only for the individual, but also for those who are close to them, caregivers, other family members, etc. Now, I'm just going to turn the direction slightly back to memories and ask you, what do memories mean for you and your family? And what steps do you personally take or take as a family to keep and store these memories? What about you, therefore? You know, it's interesting. Going back a number of years, my sister, who is two years older than I am, had an opportunity to sit down with a great aunt. This was probably 40 years ago. And at that point, this great aunt was in her mid-90s, yet was as sharp as a tack. She took the opportunity to sit with my sister and plot out with my sister a family tree of as many relatives as she could remember. And it is something that we still have the original tree that my great aunt and my sister created, and we've used that as the impetus to build a family tree, connect with family members that we never knew about, meet with family members from around the world, and it has been a tremendous opportunity. Had my great aunt not had the foresight to sit and do that, there are pieces that we would never have known. And it is, it's an amazing thing, and it has been an inspiration all along. We've grown from it. We've built not only our own family tree, but as we've met other members of branches of the family, they've contributed their family tree. And it is enriched. It has truly enriched our lives that we can pass this information on. The, the core information of understanding our relatives and knowing where they are, getting some information as to where we got to where we are, how we got to where we are, has been fascinating. And it has been going on and on. And it's actually something that my daughter was able to pick up on a number of years ago when she took on a project for her school, which involved meeting with my mother and actually interviewing her. And this was a high school project or a junior high school project. And she went with video camera in hand and became an interviewer so that she could record stories about my mother when she was a child, how she grew up and the conditions that there were in in the 90 years, or at that point, 80 some odd years, that she had experienced. And it has been really an inspiration that has carried on to the extent that when I designed the senior portal, 
It was something I knew that I wanted to incorporate because I wanted others to be able to do the same thing and understand some of the many, many things that they can do so that this family history and family inspiration of where we came from and how we got to where we are was something that could carry on to future generations. It has been a a fascinating endeavor, and it's been extremely helpful and important. And Arthur, I guess that it's independent of distance, isn't it? Although you mentioned that your daughter went to actually interview, to do the interview, but presumably, like a lot of families in North America, you're kind of spread out over distance, over, over North America, maybe with connections elsewhere, and so that distance is conquered. Am I right about in the way that I've said that? Distance is absolutely conquered. In the case of my daughter and my mother, obviously, it was easy for them because they were relatively close. But the world of technology today has eliminated the issue of distance because through email, through Skype, through whatever modalities are available, I can talk to a relative in South Africa as easily as I can talk to a cousin that lives five miles away from me. And the ability to share information on a real-time basis and have discussions on a real-time basis has been phenomenally helpful in really making sure that we all understand as much as we can about our families, our heritage, where we are, how we're connected, where we're connected. And so distance has really become a non-issue because of the technology that's available today. So it really is bringing families together, isn't it? Undoubtedly. Undoubtedly. Now, we are coming to the time when we have to pay our rent and take the break. So I'm going to do that now. And I'm going to say this is uh, Dr. Gordon Atherley. My guest is Arthur Kupperman. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stay tuned. We're coming back. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has launched our mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host, no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. 
Have you ever wanted to ask a direct question to a private investigator? If so, you'll want to listen for the Private Eye Nightline with private investigator John Siakio. John and his guest experts will answer your questions about infidelity, drug issues, custody, restraining orders, and more. Sometimes there are sensitive issues involving a family member or other loved one. We're here to help. The Private Eye Nightline is broadcast live every Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Help, you know I need someone. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at mymonami.com. That's doc, letter G, at M-Y-M-O-N-A-M-I dot com. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Arthur Kupperman. Our topic is keeping memories, restoring memories. So now let's explore the idea of keeping memories. Arthur, in you've already partly answered this, but I want you to now go beyond your own family experience and explain the ways in which um, keeping family memories matter and why keeping them matters. Well, one of the things that we haven't touched on that I really want to make sure is brought out, and it's an area, especially for caregivers, that becomes extremely important. I knew a little bit about my grandparents. And obviously, as time goes on, hopefully we will learn more and more. But there is an issue that nobody seems to focus on, which is extremely important. And that's the ability to learn about the health of our ancestors. And possibly without the necessity of hard genetics, really understanding something about our heritage to have a better understanding of our health issues and why our health might be the way it is today. You know, we've learned a lot over time about different factors that have involved health. And in my case, I was fortunate enough to be involved with three out of four of my grandparents. So I had some idea about them. And we even had stories about their parents. But one of the major things that we really never focused on was the health issues. And for a caregiver, what may be important for them to focus on? So that's one area that very few people touch on, but I think over time will continue to be explored because it is an avenue that can give tremendous insight into our lives and the way we are today. So that's an issue that matters, but beyond that issue that matters, the ability to bond and create a bonding with current generations and future generations, I think has tremendous significance the ability for future generations to really be able to have insight into where they're from and why they are who they are, how they got to where they are, is something that today is very easy to do, has tremendous value, and I think as children age, they get more and more of a desire to learn these things. And the abilities that we can generate today to help them learn these things is something where these memories will matter and they will be utilized more and more as time goes on. I think it's a, a focus 
that, again, I, I see constantly from the feedback that we get of people wanting to be able to record and store more and more information that they feel they would like to share with future generations because they want the future generations to know about their ancestry, their history, and how they got to where they are. Now, I'm going to ask you a closely related question, but it's a little bit of a tricky question, and it's this. Um, There's a question of memories, that is, how you or I interpret the things that happen to us, and then there's the question of the events or the circumstances or the photographs or the what I'll call documentation of the history. Now, let's talk about the family memory in the sense of here's what I recall when I was 12. I'm not going to tell you that, but those are certain <laughs> things that uh, kind sure. of come up. Now, how important are those types of memories and who are they important for and why are they important? You know, I think we all live in a world of perception and when we're young, we may have perceived certain situations and certain instances in one way. And as we get a little bit older, our memories of those situations may have changed. But from the other side, the, the parent side, it's just as important to share those perceptions of the younger generations growing up because it will give them an incentive to try and remember or an ability to remember about many of the instances that took place, whether they were religious ceremonies, whether they were family reunions, uh, any type of get-together that may have had, certain things will spark the memory over time. And if you have recorded the information, the perception becomes much more closer to the reality. And I think that's a, a key factor because we all really want to remember as much as we can. And if we rely only on our memory and our perception of how things were, there may have been influences that were not quite correct. So being able to share photographs, being able to share stories, and having written documentation of this information makes the not only the accuracy much greater, but the desire and the abilities that much closer for everyone to be able to do. It's the, the technology that's there enables us to do it, and we'll talk about that later, I'm sure, as we go on. But the ability to do these things and recall memories and relive memories, I know that from everyone I speak to, it has become a very, very interesting and important part of their life. We all remember our childhood the way we remember it. We remember our parents, our grandparents, our aunts, our uncles, our cousins, whatever it may be. And the ability to keep track of some of this and remember it and be able to share it, I find to be absolutely a fascinating situation. And I, again, from others that I speak to, it's the same thing. They all go back to their childhood and want to remember what it was about their family and some of the things that they had done. And it's a, it's a universal type issue, I believe. Right. Now, the third question in this stream is this. Um, the value of keeping family memories for seniors whose memories may be starting to fail them. That is to say, what is your view of that question of, as we get older, some of us 
you know, like members of your family who you talked about retain crystal clear memories um, for a long, long time. Others aren't so fortunate and others are more unfortunate still in that they develop these problems of aging. So what's your view of the role of um, memory, prompting memory for families with seniors where the seniors' memories may be starting to fail them. What do you think? I think it's very important because I think the ability for seniors to be prompted to remember things about their past, once it sparks, I imagine in certain cases the floodgates may even open. Little by little, there may be some prompting involved, but it is a way for the seniors to feel as though they're important because they do have stories to tell, they do have communication that they would like to participate with and the ability to be the center of attention and a point of focus to tell stories that they're the only ones who know and when their time has passed hopefully the stories will not get lost because the seniors have been able to share them I really believe that in many many cases the ability to recall history is probably a lot better with prompting and continuous efforts being made and if stories can come out the seniors can benefit from it because again they're using their mind and the use of the mind I believe is a very very important factor in effectively staying as young as possible as alert as possible Again, from my own interaction and interaction I've seen with others there are very many seniors who have reached older ages who have been able to relive certain situations and you can actually see the smile on their face when they actually start to get into some of these historical events that they took place or participated in and it's a, a fascinating journey to take with them and given the opportunity I'm sure that every one of them who has any ability whatsoever can enjoy it and can feel that they are more productive they have something to add and they have a participation that they know can be passed on to future generations. I believe it's a very important factor and function for seniors to be able to feel that they are still important and can share stories with future generations that can really enjoy them. And they certainly, we certainly don't want those stories to be lost through the passage of time. And that's really an area that I think seniors can really focus on and excel in not necessarily 100% of the time, but it will happen. It does come out. Right. Now, I'm just going to reinforce back to you what you've been saying, uh, arising out of an experience with Family Caregivers Unite, that is to say this show, this talk show. Um, I interviewed a, a, a man who was describing how he and his wife, who um, is sadly down some part of the road with Alzheimer's disease and the, the two of them had found that dancing, ballroom dancing together uh, was help, helpful to them in various ways, partly because they'd been excellent dancers as young people 
And on the show, he was talking about their times together. They were childhood sweethearts, um, the kind of things they, they, dancing they did, their activities. And he called me afterwards, and this isn't breaking a confidence, to say that as his wife listened to him on the radio talking about what the pair of them had done together that was so enjoyable, she, and these are his words, she snuggled up to him. Now that's, it's a heartwarming story, but it's also very strongly, I think, reinforces the point you made, which is that without claiming any medical cures or anything, actually keeping people abreast of the history, uh, giving them an opportunity to talk about it and remember it, is apparently a very valuable thing to do, even where the sad conditions have started to intervene. Now, do you, have I summarized you properly, and do you resonate with that story in the way that I did? 100%. I, I, I agree wholeheartedly. You know, and one of the issues that you, you touched upon, neither one of us are, or no one is really that knowledgeable about some of these issues with dementia. And it's, it's amazing some of the stories that you do hear about little things sparking people to come out of a shell that were just never thought of. It's all buried there somewhere. And the strangest things may happen sometimes where that shell opens up. And it's, uh, again, not medically, just, you know, uh, anecdotally, that seems to be what can happen. Absolutely. Now, um, it is, again, time that um, we're going to take the break. I just want to make one sort of additional comment, and that is that, you know, you're talking about, um, as you did earlier, about knowing about the health history of the family um, also fits in with this what we're actually talking about, doesn't it? Because where there has been a history of maybe memory problems in the family, and families do remember that kind of thing, then actually going ahead as a family and using memory as a way of improving the quality of life, as a way of bringing back pleasant memories and things like that, seems to me, from what you're saying and what others have said, to be an extremely valuable form of family caregiving. Now, on that point, it is time for us to take the short break. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, and my guest is Arthur Kupperman. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stay tuned. We're coming back. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Tune in every week for Sex Out Loud. Host Tristan Taramino will discuss everything from sexual pleasure to sexual politics. Get an insider's perspective from leaders in the adult film industry, the LGBT community, and the sex-positive world. From kink to non-monogamy, nothing is off-limits. Plus, you can call in to join the conversation. Sex Out Loud airs every Friday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific, on the Voice America Variety Channel. So are you connected to the meaning of your life? Are your relationships and career satisfying and fulfilling? How about your parenting? 
Are you feeling some challenges there? Listen for He Said, She Said every week with husband and wife, Jonathan Nadelman and Carrie Dino. In addition to being married and the parents of a spirited daughter, Carrie and Jonathan share over 40 years of clinical experience as psychotherapists and want to hear all about the challenges you're facing. He Said, She Said airs live Fridays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Variety. What does the new health care law mean to you? Why is the country facing a deepening deficit? Can it be reversed? If education is important to fund, shouldn't we insist on seeing results? Do we have a workable energy policy? Who's calling the shots? Tune in to In the Public Interest with host Mike Hudson. We'll cover public policy, everything from taxes and spending to health care and other threatened entitlements. If it's in the public interest, it's in your interest to know. In the Public Interest can be heard live every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Help, you know I need someone. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at mymonami.com. That's doc, letter G, at M-Y-M-O-N-A-M-I dot com. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Arthur Kupperman. Our topic is keeping memories, restoring memories. So now let's explore the idea of storing memories. Now, Arthur, first of all, you've already talked a lot about this, but fundamentally, if you were writing a piece of advertising and you were only allowed a few words, how would you describe the appeal of storing family memories? It's a pretty easy appeal because we know that as time goes on, future generations certainly want to participate in knowing about it. They may even want to get together and have family reunions I remember when I was a child, we had cousins clubs and we got together periodically, whether it be once a month or not, where I got together with relatives that I really knew nothing about and I could play with cousins that I hardly knew. And I think the ability to store these kind of memories and be able to share them is something which is extremely important and extremely valuable to future generations. Got it. Now I'm going to go after the opposite question. Are there any downsides that you see to storing family memories, Arthur? Uh, you know, there, there really are no downsides that I can think of other than one. And the major issue that you have to be conscious of is that question that comes up periodically for security purposes of what was the maiden name of your mother or your cousin or whatever it may have been. That's the only downside I have ever figured out as to trying to keep track of this information, especially online. And obviously, there are ways to protect yourself from that. Other than that, I can think of nothing whatsoever, which is a downside to storing or maintaining any kind of history. There are so many upsides, and I don't know of any downsides. And a little bit of common sense in 
how you use your family history for security purposes on the internet uh, or a little bit of help and advice on that fits perfectly into that. Now, let's talk about technology. Um, Arthur, technology offers many ways of storing memories. From the perspective of a family, what's most useful and practical for the families in the way of technology that's currently available? I think there's a few different things that are extremely easy and important, whether it be the creation and maintenance of a family tree that can be shared selectively, whether it be the upload of photographs that can be integrated with a family tree or just kept in a family album. Uh, These are just two of the many things. The ability to record interactively and have a conversation that can be stored in perpetuity is just another example of the current state of technology which is turning this whole concept of memories and storing memories into areas that no one ever thought of. The thought of someone, and I'll take, I'll do it on a personal basis, the thought of my mother or my father sitting there and dictating history into a file that is going to be accessible to anyone in the world in perpetuity has consequences that I don't even think we can imagine. The thought of being able to share this information with relatives that you discover on a worldwide basis so they can actually get to meet somebody without ever seeing them and building a a personal relationship just has implications that are almost unimaginable. We know that there are stories that, that seniors can tell about what they like, what they don't like, where they came from, how they grew up, some of the experiences they had. You know, we, we being in the older population, have experienced things in our lives that younger people just can't even imagine, that we were, we were a witness to the assassination of President Kennedy, for example, or we, we were participating or we knew about, we were living at the time of World War II or the Vietnam War, these are things that the younger generation just probably never puts the pieces together until we have the opportunity to tell them about it. We've lived through historical times, and our parents have lived through historical times. I take the case of my mother, and for her 90th birthday, she made a speech about some of the things that have changed in her lifetime, and it was fascinating, not only to me, but fascinating to my daughter, and a little bit even to the understanding that my grandchildren couldn't quite comprehend some of the changes that she has experienced in her lifetime. And those are things that we can store today that will go on forever. And it gives insight into families that was probably never there before. Now, I want to just look back into a little bit of the history of the way things were recorded and in many ways still are. One of them is, of course, getting people to write their memoirs. Uh, or keep diaries, or that kind of thing. Now, they're obviously highly valuable, but I wonder if you would go so far as to say that the kind of things you're talking about are actually, so to speak, more user-friendly, and given the sort of abilities of electronics to deal with organization and time and protection and storage and all those kinds of things, are you willing to say 
the new technology is actually better and more productive than writing, and in which case, um, do you have any particular recommendations for the type of technology people, people should look at? It's a combination of a few things. I think there's something to be said for written documents and the sharing of written documents. The technology today allows us to scan and upload those written documents so that those kinds of history pieces are there forever. But more importantly, the ability to record and store information has tremendous value. You know, when we were young and we would take pictures, we would take slides and we would take photos, the photos get lost, the slides get ruined, the, the diaries have a chance to get lost or get ruined because of a flood or we moved and we lost them. These kinds of things today do not have to exist anymore. The technology is there to make things virtually indestructible and they will last forever. The upside and the downside of the Internet is that once something is posted, it doesn't go away. It's there in perpetuity. And the technology has become simple enough so that virtually anyone can sit there and plug in a scanner and learn how to effectively use a scanner. So if they have a written diary they would like to share in perpetuity, they can do it. If they want to merely start a brand new diary from their recollections, it's very, very easy for them to do, to record it into a device, upload it, and share it wherever and whenever they want is something which has never existed before. If my father or anyone's father had, or mother had kept a diary, it's good for a one-on-one one, one -on -one situation, hoping that it never gets lost. But the technology today, or the ability today, to use the technology very simply and effectively is far and away something which has implications that we can't even begin to imagine as time goes on to be able to share information and recall information and memories for families, friends, that is just incomprehensible and totally enjoyable. <laughs> right. Now, there's another question, too, and that is language. Um, many, many of us in North America, when we look back over our family histories, the language we speak now, whether it's English or Spanish or French, isn't necessarily the language that our forebears spoke. They may have spoken in some other language. Now, there are all kinds of practical questions, then, is uh, how easy is it for people who've changed their language to actually write their memoirs? And I don't, that's not something that I think needs a particular answer, but I'm very interested in your sense of the preservation of language within a family through these recording methods that you're talking about. And I'm afraid this has got to be brief because we're running into a, the time break, but please carry on. I will, I will make it very brief and say that, again, technology is stepping up to the point of translation software. Whether you're using translators for written documents or translators for verbal documents, the technology is today making this almost a non-issue. It may not be perfect, and it is not perfect, but it is certainly a step in the right direction so that historical documents can be retranslated to whatever language you want for the most part, and verbal communications likewise can be retranslated almost on the fly. 
We can thank Google. We can thank a few other companies who have taken the forefront in creating the technology to do this. But it is certainly which will make all of this a lot easier and a lot more effective and efficient. So, basically, technology, far from being an obstacle, is an empowerment, isn't it? I mean, this is the... This is really what the message that I'm getting from you, Arthur, is it's the way to go because it offers so much and, in effect, by offering so much, opens a hugely important door within family caregiving. Now, again, the tyranny, the tyranny of the break is upon us, so we're going to have to take the break now, but we're going to come back to um, some more points uh, of that are key to this whole story. So this is Dr. Gordon Hadley. My guest is Arthur Kupperman. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stay tuned. We're coming back. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now. 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. What sets apart VoiceAmerica.tv from the other video content providers on the Internet? Choice and flexibility means that you can host your video content live or on demand on the main VoiceAmerica.tv channels through your own branded media player or your own private TV channel. We support multiple media formats, so all of your video content can be in one place. We offer a number of advertising and video packages. For more information, visit VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. Are you ready to change your relationships, your business, your body, and your life? You'll want to tune in to Transformation Talk Radio with host Tony Litster. It's an inspiring hour of conversation, special guests, and wisdom that has made Tony an expert with personal life experience. His down-to-earth style will give you the keys to unlock your greatest potential. Listen for Transformation Talk Radio live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Listening can truly change your life. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com you know I need someone. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at mymonami.com. That's doc, letter G, at mymonami.com. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Arthur Kupperman. Our topic is keeping memories, restoring memories. So, Arthur, I want to talk now about encouraging families to prize and store their memories. So, we've already asked the question and addressed it, who benefits and why when families prize and store their memories. But I want to emphasize this word prize. That means it's not just talking into a machine. It's creating something immensely worthwhile that the immediate people listening will prize and future generations will prize. First of all, do you agree with that? And 
what then, if you do agree, do you see as the way of encouraging the prizing of memories? I, I totally agree with it, and I think the the prizing of it is really something which can be encouraged using the technology as the enabler. And whether they be situations where you create scenarios of saying, let's get together and do something, grandma, grandpa, dad, mom, cousin, uncle, I really want to do this because I think it's something that I can enjoy and I want future generations to enjoy. So it is something that either the seniors can initiate or the other levels of the generations can initiate because of the desire. And I think more and more the younger generations are wanting to learn about these things and have the history as much as the seniors want to share the information. And the prize becomes the benefit to all future generations because, again, they will get an insight into their family which they may have never seen before. Very good. I fully agree with you. Now, let's talk about the technology. Um, and I'm wanting you to focus on the technology and whatever other services you think are needed. And the question to you is, how should these be organized and who should provide them? Well, I think every family or family unit needs a point person to take the lead because one of the key factors that you need is organization. Without the organization of someone actually sitting down and saying, let's use this program to record a family tree and let's use this program to create files or voice files or video files, whatever they may be. So someone has to take the lead and it's usually someone in their middle years who has the ability and maybe some time on their hands to actually go out and organize it. And organization is really the key. Someone has to take charge, someone has to moderate, someone has to be responsible for making sure if they do a family tree, not only is the family tree uploaded, but it's backed up and it's communicated so that others can figure out how to use it. So there's a lot of background stuff that has to be done and covered in order to make it effective. Because the communication of what exists and how it can be accessed is extremely important. It doesn't do much good if only one person knows what it is. It doesn't do much good if five people independently record the information or try and create the information. So it, you, you need the ability to convey and communicate and coordinate all of these little pieces so that what you're really creating is something that has tremendous value and tremendous insight for future generations. The technology is there. It's very, very easy to do. But again, someone has to take the lead to do it. Right. What about cost? The, the cost today is close to zero, or it can be close to zero. Setting aside the technological requirements for having a computer, whether it be an iPad, a desktop, and a scanner, most of the programs are low cost or no cost. So cost is no longer the barrier that it once was. People can all share this information with common files, common technology. It's all available on the Internet. And again, for the most part, the cost is a non-issue. It's the time that has to be devoted to it that is the only issue that you really have to concern yourself with because it doesn't happen without investing and spending the time. 
And I guess like anything else of, of a sort of ongoing nature, it needs somebody who's going to go on being able to provide the time or, so to speak, teach or train others in the family to carry on uh, so that things actually get done and not get forgotten about. Uh, and perhaps I'm being unfair to f- other families, but that's what, a bit what it's like in my family anyway. Now, you began this very interesting episode, Arthur, by talking about my senior portal. That's, in effect, your business. I want to know from you, in what way can your work with my senior portal help families to prize and support family memories. And I'm really asking you to describe to us in detail the kind of services you are offering or you're thinking of offering or you would like to offer um, via your own initiative, My Senior Portal. Arthur. Well, what I started out with when I did it was the core of building a family tree and a template for very, very easy creation, use, and edit and management of a family tree. So that was the that was the the genesis or the the core piece that was needed. Once we developed that core piece and we made it available to users free of charge and they can share it at will by inviting others to see it, we then went on to create additional templates to give suggestions as to other elements that people may want to do. For example, a a, a person a Senior may want to talk about their favorite foods, their favorite movies, their favorite books, to really personalize their life so that future generations can really create the link and try and understand as much as they can about it. So all of this was built into my senior portal on a very, very easy to use, easy to find, easy to share basis, because the intent was always to make it as easy as possible and as foolproof as possible so that information can be gathered, information can be stored, and information can be shared so that not only present generations but generations that are not even born yet will will be able to find information that can be very, very insightful and interesting to them as time goes on. In addition to the issue that we talked about before, with actually integrating health information into it. Our portal includes health information, so that can easily be shared as desired, so that when people go to the doctor and they say, are your parents alive, are your grandparents, what did they die from, they would actually have accurate information to, to share, which may be helpful for medical purposes. And that's something that I keep stressing because I don't think it could be or should be overlooked. Right. Um, in the notice or the announcement about this particular episode, there will be um, your the link to my senior portal. But just very briefly, is there any other way in which people who are listening to you and would like to um, see what you've got on offer, uh, how, how they might get in touch with you? They can reach me directly at arthur at myseniorportal.com. They can go to the website www.myseniorportal.com and right on the lower left there's a contact me tab or about us tab and that will give them the address, the phone number, the email address that they can use to be in touch with me and available all the time to answer questions. Again, we've made the entire process as easy as and as intuitive as possible and there's plenty of help information available for any questions that they may have 
or again, they can always feel free to contact me and I will guide them through whatever I can help them with. Right. Now, anything then that my family, for example, wants to store in, in or on or by a senior my senior portal is, of course, confidential to us, isn't it? It's absolutely confidential. It's protected through double layers of security, and the information is only available to you and those that you decide to share it with. You right. can send an invitation to your family members and say, please sign up for my senior portal. And by signing up for my senior portal and registering as a user, which is free, it gives them the protection and the security of the information that they do store. Right. Now, I'm just going to comment back to you on everything you've said and the ideas that and interpretations you put forward. Just a little bit of personal comment back to you. I relate very strongly to what you've been saying because in my family history, um, there are blanks and my children and increasingly grandchildren once all those questions aren't answered, who are we? Where did we come from? What happened? And they keep asking me, well, where, did, where was Grandpa born? Um, you know, where, where was great-grandpa, great-grandma? Where, where did they live? And we never, ever documented that. So I don't know what we thought was going to happen, but what has happened is there are great blanks in the family. And family history and we miss it and therefore what I would like to say to you Arthur is please keep up this good work you're doing because it's very important and never lose a chance to say the things that you've been saying on this episode of Family Care Givers Unite because what you're doing and what we've been talking about are I think key to a very important part of family caregiving now I We've unfortunately come to the end of this very interesting and important episode. So I want to close by saying thank you to our listeners, um, to invite them to contact us um, for further discussion, and particularly to invite them to follow up with Arthur, chase him up to see what you how you can use his services and benefit from his um, uh, experience. And to Arthur, you, I want to say, of course, thank you. But I also want to say to you, you've shared with us your own experience and your own insights and your own advice. And therefore, keeping going is fundamental. That is, just as in the same way that the memories are there to go on and on and on in the nicest possible way. Arthur, I urge you to go on and on and on with what you're doing because it's profoundly important. So thank you for that. I thank now, you, Gordon. I really appreciated what you've done for me. Great. Now, I have just closed by saying that in our next episode of Family Caregivers Unite, we'll talk about promoting equality for persons labeled developmentally disabled and their family caregivers. Please join us, same time, same spot on the Internet. Talk to you then. Thank you again for joining us this week for Family Caregivers Unite with your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. And until then, we hope our program will help make the coming week easier and more hopeful. And I do appreciate you being around.